Surprises. Some of us like them. Some of us don't. Some of us like them uh, because it might be that you're getting a surprise from someone you know and trust, and maybe you trust them not to surprise you in ways that you don't like, so you don't mind their surprises. You know what, you know what he's going to get you. Maybe it's something you've wanted for a long time. But still, it's a surprise when it happens. But then there's some of us who really, really don't like surprises. Just the thought of something happening that we do not know is going to happen that, 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 that might just throw us off of our game uh, causes us to let everybody around us know, don't even think about trying to surprise me. Uh, there are times, of course, when those of us who are a little more jovial uh, listen to these things, and then there are some of us, and I must admit to being part of this group, who enjoy, in a fiendish sort of way, surprising people who don't like surprises. Hopefully because we know we can deal with their outrage and try to get them to be happy about the surprise that they didn't want that we gave them anyway. Some people just don't like it. So I, I think if I had to set things up this morning, I would say that there is a scale. There is a scale, and I think that we are all on this scale, and it's one side loves surprises, one side doesn't, and really it depends. It depends on who it is that is surprising us and why they are surprising us. I think that we float up and down that scale depending on what the surprise is. For example, if the young lady is expecting her young man to ask her to marry him and, and, and he does it in a surprising way, it might upset her plans as I did when I asked my wife to marry me. She had all kinds of plans about how she was going to make me work for that answer. And uh, I, I know she may be listening to me as she's working in the kitchen right now preparing your dinner, which, by the way, will include my wife's famous screaming potatoes, so just know that that's on the menu today. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, uh, darling, I love you. Just, just wanted to let you hear that. Uh, I asked her at a time when she could not put her plan into, into action, and so uh, she did make me wait, though, uh, for a few minutes while uh, I handed her the stick on which I had carved the words, Will you marry me? And she took my penknife and she took the stick away from me and she turned her back so that I could not see anything and my whole body is just tingling. And she fortunately and very mercifully only wrote two small words. You bet. 
So yes, I, I did take the bet, uh, and, and I, did, I did marry her, but it was a surprise to her because she had plans to make me drive all over Washington, D.C. to get my answer. But because of my surprise, uh, she was not able to do that. But she has surprised me in many other ways over the years, so I, I will say that she has gotten her own back many times. But what, what if it's God? What if it's God that is going to surprise us? Do you, do you really believe that, that God can surprise you? Maybe, maybe if, if you're one of those people who don't like surprises, you're really glad, you're really glad that the lesson for today is true, and that is that God never changes. We're dealing this month with lessons from the Old Testament, and today's lesson is God never changes. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He calls himself the beginning and the end, the alpha, and the... He never changes. But he may surprise you. He may surprise you. You thought that he might hate evil people. I uh, was given the signal this morning, our little paper here in Santa Clarita, and on the front page, it has, Pursuit Ends With Collision. Surprise! The guy going the wrong way on Soledad Canyon did not expect that the person in the turn lane would turn in front of him and end his opportunity of getting away from the police in the Honda that he had stolen. He was not able to, the, the speed that he was traveling, he was, he was not able to avoid the, the back end of, of, of this vehicle right here. And in fact, in the video that my wife uh, got a hold of, showed that he clipped the back end of that car, spun it around 180 degrees, and pushed it off the side of the road. But that, of course, ruined his car, and he had to exit his car and run into Greenbrier West. I live in Greenbrier East. <laughs> and so as I was getting ready for an appointment uh, and coming out of my house, I happened to look through the fence uh, beyond the RVs that are parked near to my house, and there were not one, not two, but five, five cop cars and, and other uh, uh, L.A. Sheriff equipment, and, and they're, 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 they're stationed there. Surprise! We're waiting to see if the fugitive runs out into the wash, and uh, we're here to catch it. I see the two helicopters that are uh, circling up above. These are, not the, these are not necessarily the surprises that you would think of that, that God brings about, but hey, he was not expecting to meet up with that car. He was expecting to get away. He really was. Some of you know that, that recently uh, I was carjacked. The person who took my car did not expect that the police would catch up with the car. But thank God for OnStar <laughs> in that Chevy Impala. Because because of that OnStar, they were able to find exactly where the car was, and they got all my stuff back, including this Bible, as many of you now know. 
So this happening on my street in the sister, congr- uh, the sister uh, uh, neighborhood to where I live kind of brought back some memories. Because in fact, that Honda was stolen. It had been carjacked just a few minutes earlier, and this guy was trying to get away. Surprise, surprise, there was somebody in the way. You thought maybe that God doesn't like evil people. How about this surprise? He loves everyone. Do you think that that Nicodemus was surprised that night when he had a personal interview with Jesus and and Jesus had his hoodie up and and Nicodemus had his hoodie up so that nobody would see their identity and and, and they're they're, they're talking to each other and Jesus tells him those famous words there in John chapter 3, for God so loved the world, Nicodemus, not just the, 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 the Israelite people, not just the God's type people. Surprise! And he, Jesus even says to Nicodemus, you're the teacher of Israel. You're a good church person. And you didn't know this? You didn't know that this is, this is the whole idea that God has towards humanity? Now you might say, well, I knew that. And, and I know that God never changes. I knew that. Well, good for you. But when you get carjacked, are you going to believe that the person who does that, God forbid that you ever do get carjacked, that God loves that person too? We are surprised sometimes by the way that God acts. Following God was a decision that I made a long time ago. So it was a surprise when when my father got a brain tumor. That was a surprise. It was also a surprise that he died. You gotta think that, you know, when you decide to follow God, uh, we have this, this notion sometimes that because God is this this God who came and lived with us, his name is Jesus, and, and, and every town that he went through, whenever people came up and asked him for healing, he gave them healing. And so we pray to the same God, and we say, God, would you please heal so-and-so? Surprise! He does. That's when I learned that one of the ways in which God heals people is he lets them die. And you think, Pastor, that's not what I prayed for. No, it wasn't what I prayed for either, but James tells us that the prayer of a righteous man, and I say that there is only one who is righteous and his name is Jesus Christ, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that we should be more interested when we pray for people that their sins be forgiven than that their disease be taken from their body and that their life be spared in this time. And why would that be important? I say it's important because if your sins are forgiven, if you're together with Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if you die. It will simply be an interruption in what we have talked about many times, and that is our eternal life. Some may not have heard me say this, so I'm going to just say it again for you. 
If you believe in Jesus Christ today, you are living your eternal life now. This is the first part, and yes, unfortunately it is the valley of the shadow of death, but through the power of Jesus Christ and his gift of eternal life, we have a future that involves forever. Amen? And I want you to know it's what motivates me to invite other people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I know that even if they die, even if I die, Jesus will resurrect me. Jesus will give me a new body. Jesus will allow me to be in the presence of God for, and the angels forever and ever. And that is the true essence of the good news. Surprise, even though you die, you're going to live. Now that's, that's got to be a surprise to a lot of people who are not really prepared to believe that death might actually be one of God's answers. Yes, I will take care of your loved one. It's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to take in this world to be separated. It's been a long time for me. My dad died four months after my daughter was born. So fortunately he got to see her. I don't know, don't know if, if he'll remember that <laughs> when I see him again. Uh, I'm going to ask him, do you remember meeting Michaela? Uh, you know, not sure what he remembered at that point. But it came time for a third surgery and we decided that we weren't going to go that route and, and three weeks later he fell asleep and didn't wake up. Surprise! Following Jesus might mean that you might not get the end that you thought would come. Some of us, some of us have reached 90 years of age. Raise your hand, dear. There she is. Isn't she beautiful? 90. <laughs> what do we say? What do we say, Lorraine? Uh, uh, is that old? 95. 95. There we go. She's, uh, she's up to 95. See, do, do we think, okay, they, they, they've had enough. They've had enough. Is the person who dies at 53 of a brain tumor and we say, oh, he was so young. Surprise. We belong to Jesus. Are we going to honestly say, God, you can do anything you want with my life? You ready to say that today? I'll go where you want me to go, dear Jesus. I'll let you do anything you want with my... You are my leader. And you can say, yes, pastor. Yes, that's me. Surprise! Maybe he wants to do something with you that you're not so happy about the surprise piece there. Okay, uh, uh, biblical examples. We're in the Old Testament. Okay, one of my favorite. And, and I see that we have mainly older children here, so that's good. <laughs> Hosea. How many of you have read the book of Hosea recently? Okay, but you've read the book. You've read the book, and, and you know the story. Uh, for those of you quick primer, Hosea is a prophet. He's asked by God to go and marry a prostitute. I'm going to add for your biblical students a shrine 
prostitute. Study the religion of Baal and you'll find that uh, people really liked going to church uh, in that religion uh, because of what happened to church. Okay, and, and part of what happened was, uh, was you know, to, 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 to do things that happen in other places. Um, <laughs> this woman is a shrine prostitute in Israel, and, 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 and Hosea is not married, and, and Hosea is told by God, surprise, I want you to go and marry her. What? She, 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 no, I want you to go and marry her because your life your entire life, your t entire existence, your marriage is now going to become a lesson to the entire group to say, this is how you are treating me. This is God talking. I'm Hosea, and you are Gomer. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to keep you to myself. And that is what I do, but look at what you do. And if you read the book, you will find that she leaves him three times, goes off and has a child with someone else and comes home pregnant, has three children, and Hosea is told what to name each one of his kids. How about that? No, you don't get to get the baby book out. You get to name them exactly what I tell you, and I'm telling you, name them this because that will help the people of Israel to know how I feel about them. So his entire life, his marriage, even down to the very end, where if you, if you read between, not even between the lines, if you understand the culture in that day, she was back with her handlers. Maybe I should use that. Uh, that. That's a very sort of vegetarian version of the word pimp. Okay. She went back to her, her slavers. Okay. And they took her back and put her back in service. And Hosea is told, you have to go and buy her back. So not only is he to take her back as his, his wife, but he has to pay for the privilege. Surprise. God never changes. He is willing to buy you back. The blood that he shed on Calvary was the ultimate price for the entire human race. He is willing to redeem us. Aren't you glad he never changes? Amen. Never changes. But the fact is that we do. We're the ones who change. The story of Hosea shows us that. So you accept that God never changes. But why would it be surprising to see, that, uh, that see him do things like uh, make an axe head float? Our text today, one of my favorite stories, is 2 Kings 6, verse 6. Elisha cuts a stick. He's down by the river, and there's an expansion. There's a, there's a school expansion that's going on, and, and Elisha is in the midst of a, a career where he is experiencing twice the wisdom, twice the blessing that God gave to his predecessor, Elijah. Remember, he asked him, if, if I get to see you go up into heaven, then what I want is twice what God has given you. 
And believe me, if you read the difference between Elijah and Elisha, you see the fact that Elisha does so many crazy things, one of which was to start a school. And then the school got so big that they had to expand it. And they do what many Middle Eastern and or African countries do. They go down to the river and they cut small trees. They stack them together and then they plaster them with mud and then they whitewash them. They still do this today in so many parts of the world. So this story, if we were reading this story in Africa or India or other places, they would be saying, yep, uh, we, we still do that. That's how we build. One of the students had gone and borrowed an axe. Now, just understand, this is, this is not modern times when he went down to true value and got himself an axe. No, this is, this is a borrowed axe, the head of which is very, very special, very, very uh, uh, unique. It's hand-forged. To lose it was not only to have broken the trust of the person who, who lent it to you, but is also to, to lose a very, very valuable item. This, this is not the usual. Others were using other implements. He now has this axe, but probably the handle. I don't know if those of you have used these kinds of implements. I have, and the handle gets, gets dried up, and so the head can come off. And that's what happens. He swings at that tree and the head flies off and goes right in the river. There is no way that he can know it's a muddy river. He does not know where that axe head is. He doesn't have a metal detector. He doesn't have any way of retrieving this very, very precious item. So along comes Elisha, says, where was it? He points to the spot. He says, cut a stick. He takes the stick, by the way. I don't know exactly what the significance of the stick is, except that if you remember the children of Israel, when they came to the, the, the bitter waters of Marah, what did they do? They cut down some palm trees and let them fall in the water. So I don't know. There must be some significance about wood going into water. But here it is. He throws the stick into the water and floating next to the stick which you would expect to float is this axe head iron axe head which you would not expect to float. Surprise! God can and has done and maybe <coughs> excuse me if you could have a chance to do testimony right now you could say I have had a time in my life where I have seen God suspend the laws of physics. That's what happens. Boy returns the axe intact. The addition to the school is made. There are more prophets, more teaching, more teaching takes place. What about Moses? <laughs> Burning bush. Surprise! Doesn't burn up. Gets his attention. Did it stay burning while God was talking to him? Maybe. We're not told. He was told to take off his shoes because where God is, is holy ground. It's holy ground. He strikes an Egyptian prior to that. 
thinks that he can use the karate moves that he has been taught by the Egyptian army. He is now a man of age. He is thinking, if I make this move, then they will know that I am the one who is to come and redeem them. And they will rise up and follow me, and we will get out of Egypt. Instead, the reaction was exactly the opposite. Are you, are you going to kill us like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? So off into the desert he goes. Finally, later on in life, he strikes the rock. Remember, God says to him, gives him specific instructions, speak to the rock and water will come out. The people are dying of thirst. God is, has brought them to the place where they have to depend upon him entirely, even for their water. And instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes the rock and he disobeys and he, he ruins God's lesson that he wants to give to the people of Israel. Does God withhold the water because Moses disobeyed? No. Water gushes out. God gives the water anyway. But surprise, he's told at the end of his life, you read it in Deuteronomy, it's quite interesting. He's 120 years old now. Isn't that amazing? 40 years in Egypt, 40 years as a shepherd, and 40 years as the general of the armies of Israel. He's hale and hearty at 120. And he's told, go up onto Mount Nebo. I've got something to show you. And God gives him a vision of the future, not only the present, but the future of Israel and them in control of Canaan, which was the goal that they were all looking for. And God then has to tell him, you know, I'm not letting you go over into Canaan. I know it's been your goal, and I know this is what you've wanted, but you disobeyed. And so I'm giving that responsibility to your next in command, to Joshua. Then I think uh, my own theory about this, so I want you to know this is just Pastor Mike speaking right now, based on Jude verse 9. God showed his face to him, which is really what Moses wanted. But remember what God said before. If you see my face, what will happen? You will die. So this hale and hearty 120-year-old man dies in the arms of God. And when the devil comes along and says, he's mine because he disobeyed you, Jesus says, no, he's mine because I forgave him. We know that he's alive in heaven because why? You have... You have Jesus being visited later on by Moses and Elijah. So Moses is listening to this today. He, he, knows, he knows what's happening down here. Surprise! He's not dead. He leads the way for the human race of those who will follow Jesus, who have even made mistakes, but then have been forgiven and have been taken to heaven to live with God forever and ever. I don't know about you, but I'm not waiting to be Elijah. 
I'm very happy that there are ways to heaven that Moses gives us an example of. So that even though we die, we know that we will live. God can surprise you. Uh, maybe, maybe we should say that we have to be uh, ready to be surprised. One, one uh, uh, New Testament example, John, John who writes Revelation. Tradition tells us that they tried to kill him. Uh, do, do you remember how they tried to kill him? Tradition says that they tried to boil him in oil. What, a, what an incredibly terrible way to die. But guess what? They couldn't kill him. They could not boil him. He would not fry. He would not fry. They pulled in and he just would not fry. So they decided to send him off to, to, to the Isle of Patmos where God gives him these amazing visions about the future and about Jesus. And he writes them down and we know them as the book of Revelation. But what uh, biblical scholars have brought to our attention uh, more recently is that he had to write them in code because he had to give them to his captors. He had to give them to the prison guards for dispersal. They had to say, okay, okay, we can let this off the island. So if he had written something straightforward to the churches, the seven churches, and said this and this and this, they probably would have just torn it up and said, no, you can't send that. So God gives him this message in code. And we've been trying very hard to decode this ever since, haven't we? The book of Revelation, it's, it's quite interesting to read. And we, we keep studying it again and again. And I tell you what, I get excited about it because every time the Holy Spirit just brings out something new. Surprise! You thought you knew it all. But guess what? There's more. If we just will study, there's more. And John was there to see it. I am looking forward to seeing it myself. So when you say yes to God, you, you've got to know that you say yes to his leadership in your life. And that you will, you will go where he wants you to go. You will have the life that he wants you to go, go with, even though it may be surprising to you. Maybe it is that we should not be surprised by what God does. And we should allow God to just be this big presence in our lives and be able to do anything that he wants to do. The prayer we pray is, God, we want you to be, we, we, we want to be on your agenda. This is, this is Chris's and my prayer every day. God, we want to be on your agenda. We shouldn't be too surprised where he leads and, and who he leads us to be in contact with. I, I would say that the big question, the, the big constant is throughout this whole thing is that God never changes. God never changes. We can rely upon that. The old song, trust and obey. For there's no other way. And, and folks, there really isn't any other way to be happy in Jesus, even when he surprises us. Amen? Amen. God bless you.